Hello and welcome back to uh, another episode of the Paddock's Pick podcast. Uh, Charlie, these weeks seem to fly. It only feels like yesterday it was the uh, the Cheltenham Festival and now here we are a week uh, a week out from Aintree. Yeah, it certainly does at this time of year, Dom, for sure. As in the good racing, quality racing comes thick and fast and then like you say, before you know it, we'll be through the bet three for six, five and jump, the jump season will be over and we'll be focusing on the flat, won't we? So yeah, we, we need to savour it while it's here. Absolutely right. Uh, myself and Charlie uh, on today's episode. Delighted to be joined by two-time Grand National winning jockey Leighton Aspel. Leighton, thank you for your time and for joining us. How's um, life in retirement been so far? <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> I've retired from race riding, but I certainly haven't retired in, 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 in life. I've been really busy. I moved, we relocated back to Ireland in the last May and been working with Joseph O'Brien. It's the busiest yard I've ever worked in. Um, horses everywhere, but... Um, no, we're still enjoying, enjoying life and enjoying all the racing. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, Lash, jo- I just wondered how many how many horses has Joseph actually got under his control at, at any one time? As in, a, it's a phenomenal size, isn't it? Yeah. Well, in the main base at Orning, there's 270, and every horse, every horse is in full training, and there's two or three pre-training yards, and you know if. Anything has a break or has a little, little uh, illness or lameness, it's out and there's a fresh one in. Under books, okay, I'll have a guess of something like 350. But it's it's a very, very busy place. Wow, he's uh, he's just like his dad, though, isn't he? I've, I've seen footage of, of Joseph kind of in the yeah. mornings and uh, he, he knows you know each member of his staff by name. And, and like you say, Leighton, the, the size of his yard, it's, it's quite incredible. And how old is he? Do, do you know his, his age? He's 27. Wow, it's incredible to think, he's isn't a, it? He's a, he's a, yeah, it's just like his dad. He's he's, <clears throat> he's a robber. He's just it's twenty four seven, seven days a week, fifty two weeks a year. Brilliant, and obviously Donica as well. Donica started up uh, life in training, didn't he? Um, just last year, uh, you know, not long after after quitting the saddle as well. I think about twenty one or something. He's already you know trained one or two Group One winners. It's a it's, it's a remarkable story. Um, later, yeah. I thought we'd we'd kickstart just very quickly with some quick fire questions, Charlie. I'd like you to get involved as well and and see if we can get any banter going and agreements or disagreements. Um, just general day to day questions, just so the listeners can get to know you perhaps a little bit better. Uh, we'll start with tea or coffee. Too fast. I, I, I'm a, I'm both. I'm, I'm probably a coffee man in the morning, and then second after day in the evening, I, I'm, I'm a tea man. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can, I can echo Lash's comments yeah. there. I think we agree on that one. I, I drink way too much coffee in the morning, and uh, yeah, come the afternoon time, I wouldn't mind a cup of tea now, if, especially if it's made properly in a teapot and all that. Since <laughs> Since I've met my wife, you know, she's 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 very much refined me to the way that tea needs to be drunk and needs to be brewed properly in a in a teapot. So yeah, Earl I like Grey and stuff. Yeah, well, hey, I don't know about the Earl Grey. So I, I can take it or leave it. <laughs> you, you you can't be drinking Earl Grey over in Ireland, surely? No, definitely not. <laughs> it's got to be some Barry's tea, hasn't it? It is exactly very yeah. <laughs> I actually ordered some yesterday. You know, I thought I was the only person who did that. I, I'm coffee in the morning, then the second it gets to twelve o'clock, it's uh, it, it's it's time for tea. I'm I'm, I'm very glad. You two gentlemen have put my mind at rest, and I'm I'm glad I'm not yeah. the only one. Um, the later... boring thing is that the, when I get, when I go out in the evening, I, I wouldn't mind an espresso before I go to bed. It, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It doesn't stop me sleeping one bit. I promise you, the wow. caffeine has, has no effect on me. Those, <laughs> that the little shot is it, Charlie? The little shot ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like like a short coffee. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind one of those in the evening. Oh well, one in the morning and the evening—that'd do you right, wouldn't it? Um, uh, Leighton, uh, film or book? Film for me. 
Yeah. Um, I, I love a good film, and I could sit for hours, but I get very bored quickly. In a book, a few pages in, and uh, I, I'd have to stop and go back again. But no, I, I, I love films. I, I'm going to be again sit on the fence both here. I love sitting down watching a good film, but I, I really enjoy reading a good book as well. Um, as in, yeah, I, I, I must admit, I'm a bit old school like that. I, I still really enjoy reading a good book. Any book that you'd recommend, Charlie? Uh, any book I rec- I'd recommend? Um, um, the Spy and the Traitor. It's it's um it's a yeah fantastic book about a a, a back in the Cold World War days about a, a Russian citizen that that came over to the UK and got and got recruited then to sort of work as as a double agent and um, then ends up back in the USSR and has to make a, a daring escape uh, to sort of aided by the British and. It it really could be a, a, a make believe film. It, it, it's, it's staggering that it actually happened. Yeah, that was a very good book. There you go. You've uh, you've sold it to me and, and hopefully to the listeners as well. Uh, Leighton, back to you. Chinese or Indian takeaway? Indian. I love good Indian. That's one thing. I'm, that's one of the things I really miss about the UK: the selection of Indian restaurants. Crikey, mm. um, uh, down. I live down in Sussex and. We had a, we had a brilliant selection of Indian restaurants. There's not so much over here. Actually, there's more Chinese over here. But uh, if I had a choice, I'd, I'd love a good Indian restaurant, a good Indian meal. Yep. I think yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I could eat both, but yeah, an Indian is fresh. Uh, there was yeah. a great story I always heard yonks ago. I don't know if Lash can ever confirm this about Nick Schofield once, where they're in an overnight stop somewhere. They asked him what he wanted in Indian. He said chicken. They said how do you want it served? As in tandoori whatever and he said medium rare i don't i never know <laughs> if a true story or if it, this well, was years ago but i never know if that's actually true nick Caulfield, that's very very possible <laughs> i really no, hope that's have, true you have to tell them all about the, the listeners about the a303 and stonehenge you must do Oh, I mean, again, these stories. I mean, they're 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 the great crack in the way of it. I mean, someone again, someone was it was it was this Schofield as well, Lash? Yeah, suppose there was driving alongside. Gone by Stonehenge, yeah. Yeah, and any 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 asked the guy in the car. I don't understand why they built it so close to the road. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, no, no, we will have to maybe get Nick Skelford on the show one day, I hope, and confirm, well, particularly yeah, give, confirm, yeah, the, yeah. confirm the yeah, first we'll story is true. Yeah. Absolutely right. <laughs> um, this is, these, these quick five fifty questions, they're, they're, they're delving into some stories already, which is fantastic. Um, so I think we're both on an Indian there. Uh, Leighton, a city break or a beach break? Ooh, I'd probably like the peace and Quiet of the beach, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a sun worshipper, and I'd probably get bored, quickly. Uh, but I'd probably go for the peace of, of, of the beach, and maybe I'd go do some walks or some snorkeling or something. But uh, I wouldn't be lying around the beach. I get bored quickly. But uh, yeah, I'd go for the, the peace and quiet of the beach break. Yep. It's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I like again. I don't like lying around the sun too long. I like keeping active. So I think probably push. I'm going to say city break, mate. Just. But I, again, a, a holiday at the moment sounds great either way. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think uh, at the moment we'd take either one, wouldn't we? Regardless of uh, of which uh, which preference we had. Uh, obviously, being a horse racing podcast, we had to finish on uh, on a horse racing question. Uh, Later, we'll start with you, Denman or Corto Star. Corto, uh, Corto Star. I think it's class. You know, you could you know adapt from a Tingle Creek winner to a Gold Cup winner. He was 
you know, he I think I think he was you know, he was the all round package. Denman was quite sort of one dimensional go out there and just run and jump everybody into the ground like his you know, his his Hennessy performance and his gold cup but uh I think Cordoba was was pure class pure class. I can remember I used to sit quite close to Ruby in the changing rooms and I can remember him coming in after riding him in a novice chase around around Newbury and he was literally tingling. He says, This is special. Mm. Completely echo Lash's sentiments. Corto star all day long for me, just absolute class. Over, and I think he was champion over two mile, two and a half, and three mile, and that, yeah. and that's all cool for me. Yeah, the, it was a little bit before my time. Um, obviously, I've seen plenty of highlights in the past, uh, but obviously, you get the feeling that it was that real kind of, you know, Millhouse, you know, arc of, of the modern era, wasn't it? And uh, obviously, two fantastic horses, both Gold Cup winners, both trained, you know, Paul Nichols, and obviously were were kind of were, were stable mates almost, weren't they? In, in the boxes next to each other uh, yeah. down in Deep Sheet. So uh, a remarkable story. Uh, two votes for Court of Star there. Um, I suppose Leighton. One thing that, that I've noticed there from Charlie's, uh, he refers to you as, as Lasher a lot. Is is there any any backstory to your nickname? Not really. Uh, uh, people ask me this all the time. Um, I don't know where it came from. Honestly, um, don't. Like, I, uh, the, I used to, uh, on, my, on, my, on my riding gear, would have sort of LAS on the, on, on the, the, the ballast that I put on the mark or stuff like that. And I don't know if it come from that or, I, I don't really know. Uh, and it's just stuck. And I can't really ever explain to people what it's all about. It's a great nickname, though, I do have to say. It's a fantastic nickname. Um, I'll call you later, obviously, because I'm, I'm sure Charlie knows you far better than I do. So uh, yeah. uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Um, I suppose it's probably best to start with just a kind of couple of, of, of talking points from the world of horse racing uh, this week. Charlie, uh, Harry Skelton and Brian Hughes, this is turning into a real humdinger uh, for the, the jump jockey's title. Harry Skelton's ride to a, a strike rate of 50% at the moment. I think uh, nine wins from 18 rides just this week. Uh, I think the difference is now one uh, at the time of recording. Uh, I won't ask which side you're kind of swaying towards, but it's just fantastic that, it's you know, like I say, it's, it's a real head-to-head clash, isn't it? Yeah, massively. I mean, look, as in that, you know, Harry's one of my great mates, so I'd love to see him win it. And that that's no disrespect to Brian Hughes, who's a, a, a fellow that I know well as well. I and mean, I think he's a brilliant rider. But um, it, it, it is great to see the Jump Jockeys Championship being a, an actual competition because certainly when Lash and I were riding, it, it, it was it may as well have not existed because it, it was it was over by the time we'd been about a month of the season had gone by. So it's great to see it as a contest. Um, I mean, I, I thought it'd be very difficult for Harry Skelton. I probably think it's his to lose now. I mean, it just with the, the fact that racing in the north does drop off significantly through the second part of April, there's going to be a hell of a lot of opportunity for Harry to win this title. And, and for as much as Harry Skelton wants it and he does badly, his brother Dan wants it even more. And I know how intensely he is following it. And he, he's on to Ian Popham, Harry's agent, constantly about where Harry's going to be riding and trying to pick him up more rides. And he's got stacks of horses planned out to run between now and the end of the season and I think there's every chance Harry Skelton will win this one Don yeah um, Leighton for yourself uh, obviously th- th- there was some talk about the fact that Brian Hughes being the, the champion jockey you know wasn't at the at the Cheltenham Festival uh, a, a couple of weeks ago um, what was your opinions on that do, do you think that as the reigning champion, he should have been there, or do you think for, for for certain jockeys, it's just about which races they're more likely to win? Yeah, it is. Um, 
you know, the, the, the people that Brian Rice were didn't have, you know, strong teams going to going to Cheltenham, you know. Donald McCain didn't have a whole lot. Um and as much as he wanted to win at at Cheltenham, there's no point going down there and riding outsiders. You get paid exactly the same mm. for riding your horse at Cheltenham Festival as you did for Hexham or Doncaster or or wherever else he was. Um you know, with good chances. He certainly obviously one eye one eye on the jockey championship and you know, I don't blame him at all. Yeah, no, I think it was again. Uh, like you say, it, it's down to the the, the teams, the, and, and obviously yeah. the, the fact that Ireland, in, in the end, won so convincingly. I mean, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the worst decision, was it? So I'm sure he could be forgiven yeah. for that. Um, in the world of horse racing, this week is what there was another head to head. A little bit further down the line uh, at Punchestown, and it looks as though Envoy Allen will take on Monk Fisher in a three-mile novice chase over in Ireland. Leighton, I'll come to you first. If I offered you uh, a seat in the saddle for either Envoy Allen or Monk Fish, who would you pick? Envoy Allen, all day. Yeah. Um, he just oozes class. But, you know, I bet he could. He could Envoy Allen. Anyway, Ireland probably could rock up and 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 win the Arkle. and yeah, he could he could probably could rock up and win the Sun Alliance the day after. Um, he's, uh, you know, I, I think he's very classy. Um, and let's hope the ground is decent and and both horses turn up. It'll be a, a fascinating clash. Mm. Yeah, Charlie, he's, he's he's a real class act, isn't he? And obviously, the the fall uh, in the marsh the other day, you know, surprised many. But you wouldn't have any concerns over the trip. I don't think so. I mean, he's he's a point-to-point winner anyway. So, I mean, mm. it's nice. granted, he hasn't raced under rules as such over three mile, but I think if Starla racing suggests that he'll definitely get the trip. Um, I mean, look, this is this is brilliant for the sport. You know, you yeah. want to see these good horses be forced to come together, and it, it, it's really sporting the fact they're going to take each other on at Punchestown. And, I mean, I've, I've loved Monkfish all along. I, I thought he was slightly underwhelming with the, with the, in the jumping department at Cheltenham in, in spite of the fact that he went and won well. And I mean, it, it probably pains me to say, but I think I agree with with Leighton um, that I, Envoy Allen just has that X factor, doesn't he? As in, you, we're talking mm-hmm. about Corto Star, and, and you're looking, as Leighton alluded to, that Envoy Allen could probably win a Grade One over two miles, two and a half, and three, and, and that's a special thing to be able to do. And 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 no one's managed to beat him when he's not when he's completed so far. And mm-hmm. and again, that that's a very important factor. I think with Honeysuckle again, people sort of didn't pay enough respect to an unbeaten record when they've been highly tried like both these horses are and it'd be narrow for me but but I'd probably just side with Envoy Allen Yeah he's a, he's a superstar isn't he I think the, the odds have, have, have opened up and Monkfish at, at even money I believe and, and Envoy Allen at 11 to 8 and I was just saying the other day I mean for a horse as good as Envoy Allen you're probably never ever going to see 11 to 8 again are you so you'd probably yeah. uh, with the value you'd, you'd, you'd very much siding with him uh, it's going to be a fantastic race very very much looking forward to it uh, first of all though we have the big uh, meeting at Fairy House the, the Irish Grand National on uh, Easter Monday uh, I, I noticed on the racing post late and that, um, that Jamie Codd's going to be riding at his lowest riding weight for 17 years uh, when he, he gets the ride on, on Peter Farhees, uh, the big dog who obviously won the the national trial, um, I think it was back in back in February, um, is he the best amateur to have never turned professional? Would you say? Um, um, I, I, that's a big that's a, that'd be quite a statement. But Derek Connor has been probably mm. a more successful amateur. Yeah. Um, he's not as light as Jamie Codd, so he never probably. Considered it too much, but he he's making such a good living as a uh, an amateur jockey in Ireland that mm. it's uh, 
you know, put it with a, a no-brainer. Um, you know, the way to get to change it, it's Tiger all this on a Monday. You know, the way to change, you know, quite a lot. Um, yeah. We should make life easier for Jamie Codd, but um, it is, it, you know, he's going to be on the old fresh air diet from probably here on in. Yeah, it says a lot about his mentality, Charlie, doesn't it? That uh, even kind of all these years, you know, seventeen years on, it's it's, it's a long time. Um, and to kind of get down to that, I mean, you, you two gentlemen will know far more about it than me. But but making you know wait day to day, it, it must take a lot of effort. Yeah, I, I think day to day. I mean, look, it's a, don't get me wrong, this is a fabulous effort by Jamie Codd, but I suppose he's looking at it as a sort of a one-off to ride a, a horse mm. with a huge champ in the, in the Irish National, which you know wouldn't you know opportunities like that don't come around very often. So. I suppose he feels it, it's an effort worth wait, make, making on a, on a one-off opportunity. I mean, I don't know what Leighton thinks. I mean, you, you have to admire those guys a day in, day out, especially like the flat jockeys, some of those guys that, that are taking off five or six every day and living on fresh air. And, and that's not doing down Jamie Codd's effort if he goes and does it because it's fantastic. But I'd have even more admiration for some of those guys that are doing it every single day of their life, being completely honest. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a very fair comment. Um Obviously, with the, the Irish National at Fairy House, you know, it, it, it's the way Easter works. It's uh, Sometimes it takes place after Aintree, sometimes it takes place before. There's not really any consistency, is there? But uh, obviously, only only five days after uh, the, the main event at Fairy House, we, we do head over to Aintree and late. And it would be it would be obviously very rude to, uh, to not mention your two wins uh, in the race uh, at Aintree. Uh, we'll start in 2014 at Pinot de Rey. How did the ride come about for Dr. Richard Newland? Um, during the season, I was quite lucky enough to be. I I start picking up some rides on Saturdays, um, on the busy Saturdays when you know his jockeys were probably or the jockeys he was using were elsewhere. Um, picking up some lovely spares, and then he ran in the Coral Cup at Cheltenham, Sam Twiston rode him, finished a very a very fast finishing third, and then. Sam, I think, you know, we were still riding for Paul Nichols then, uh, you know, and he, and he he was going to ride one of Paul's, so then he came up, the horse, the right, the right one, uh, free, and Dr. Newland was, was asked about it, and he said, look, I'm looking for a jockey, I, I remember I was driving to the races, and I, I just dropped him a text, and three hours later, I, I was riding Pina de Rey, um, uh, you know, he, he was just in, he was in really good form coming into the race, he wasn't the biggest, uh, and he wasn't the best jumper, but you know he was just in great heart, and he, he was he was he was cheering for the day. Yeah, I, I actually uh, interviewed uh, Dr. Richard Newland just the other day uh, for for Rangeview.co.uk, and he was very much uh, of, of high praise for you. He said you gave an absolutely brilliant ride, and he was very very confident uh, the night before that that Pino DeRay would would go and do the business, and uh, and he duly did. Uh, Charlie, in terms of your your work, did you break any horses in for uh, for Dr. Richard Newland? Never done any work for, for Richard Newland. No, no, unfortunately not. Um, but I mean, look, he's, he's a very, very talented trainer. And I mean, more, more than that, I, I just wondered with, with Leighton how his sort of feelings were going into that first national on Pino de Rey and how he felt afterwards as averse to the build-up with many clouds the, the year afterwards. He was sort of coming into it on the back of a, of a solid run in the Gold Cup. And I, I just wondered if his emotions and feelings were any different the year after. Um. Uh, it's like different in the way that I, I knew Manny Cloud so well and I knew his, his capabilities etc were you know, I'd ridden him, I'd school him at Lambourne over the, 
over there against his dog fantasy. But you know, um, I, I had a very good idea in, in my head what I was how I was going to ride Matty Clara's Fiat Pino. Although he wants he wanted, I was very I'm very relieved to hear when Richard said about taking your time on Pinos to get the trip. So um, you know, and get to know each other. We warmed up, uh, you know, during the first during the first part of the race, and then you know went from there. But um, I was more relaxed early in twenty. Uh, uh, on many clouds because you know I knew the horse so well and I knew you know how to ride him. According to the I could ride him. However, because I, I was confident of of his jumping ability and his and well, hopeful of his stamina. You know, you never know over this over this extreme trip. But you know, I, I, I was I was pretty hopeful. Yeah, of course. We've seen uh, Davy Russell obviously on, on Tiger Roll win the win the national two years in a row, and obviously on the same horse. It's, it's obviously still still some effort, but for yourself to, to do it for two different yards, two different horses, it's it's a, a very very remarkable effort. It must have felt like London buses, particularly after finishing second in the race back in two thousand and three. Um, I've watched the 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 jockey cam footage from your your ride on Many Clouds back in two thousand fifteen many times. I'd, I'd recommend anyone to go back and watch it. Um, would it be fair to say that you almost hit the front, or you may not have planned to have gone to the front that early? No, because the race then, sort of, we had to go around the canal turn, and the race changed a little. So the, the Drew's nephew and the Rainbow Hunter uh, went forward, and then AP came around everybody, and then I, I just went to secure my position, and I went to, went between Aiden and uh, AP, and then Drew's nephew went to fell. Um, and they left me in front, and then everybody was happy. Just maybe, maybe all the couple of the uh, you know, certainly towards the second last and last. So, but actually, once I've hit the front, you'll see in the jockey cam, like he pricked his ears, and mm. I was able to get a really, really long into medical hours because we came. Just lost uh, late in there. It's, it's it's a bit like uh, last last week, Charlie, isn't it? I know. I know what is it about signal and uh, people that work within racing. As in, uh, <laughs> it was actually it was it was a shame because it's quite fascinating listening to his sort of thoughts about many clouds and, and the way the race unfolded. Don wasn't it? I mean, it was a yeah, it was a mighty achievement by the horse. You know, with with, with an abundance of class. Absolutely right. Um, again, like you say, particularly having won the um, the. National, also the, the the kind of the Hennessy meeting, um, you know, only a few months before, and then then running such a, a marvelous race in the Gold Cup, as you rightly say, and it was I think eleven stone nine, I believe he carried uh, that day, which was the best weight carrying performance in the Grand National since Red Rum back in seventy four, when I think he carried twelve stone. Yeah, which I mean, it says it all, doesn't it? I mean, um, like we've seen in in well, not recent times, but over over the last sort of you know ten fifteen years, the change in face of the national with the injection of prize money and what a what a quality contest it it, it, it has become um i mean i certainly remember as a kid a load of very sort of ordinary average horses getting in off 10 stone and and taking their chance in what was sort of almost a lottery and with the modification of the fences and and the prize money i mean it, it, it's a, you have to be a very very good or horse just to get in the race never mind to have a a starting chance i, I like a, a, a what 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 would seem to be a a solid chance. I mean, you only have to look at Leighton's ride, Pino de Rey. I think he'd been 
third in a attempt final at the Cheltenham Festival on his run mm. beforehand, and he went off at twenty-five to one. Um, yeah. And so it has become a a real classy contest. And the, the reason, you know, the the reason they they sort of made all these changes and and, and is, is to attract the quality of horse over many clouds to be going on to try and, and try and win the national and and for him to be able to do that coming on the back of a, a sixth place finish in the gold cup was a was a fantastic effort really in such a good race wasn't it it was, certainly was and, and obviously in the in the the infamous silks of uh of trevor hemmings who has, has won the race uh i believe four times i could be wrong i think it's four times uh hedge hunter Bala briggs many clouds uh Top of my head, I'm fairly sure there's another one in there, but obviously, you know, another very, very live chance, um, you know, on, on, on Cloth Cap this year, who we kind of alluded to um, just the other week. We, we've, we've since spoke to Tom Scudamore again, another another injury to keep an eye out for on, on angry.co.uk, and he's kind of, you know, very, very hopeful uh, on, on his chances heading into um, heading into Aintree next week. Um, and and the, the, the training almost behind it, Charlie, in terms of that they really kind of kept his mark nice and low, you know, when um, the, the entry stage first opened up uh, after his win in the Labrook Trophy, and he's since gone on to absolutely bolt up at, at Kelso. Um, and I'll tell you what, Charlie, we've got Leighton just ringing in. Quality, let's get him on. Let's get him on. Leighton, how are we doing? Sorry, guys, lost you there. No, no, it's absolutely no worries. Absolutely no problem. We were just talking. You, you were you were talking about many clouds, and um, I, I think that you you were discussing about him just going over the last and almost waiting for you know his ears pricked and, and waiting for AP to come alongside you, but but he never came, and uh, you lasted all the way till the line. Yeah, well, as I said, when he got left in front, the guys then just used me uh, as a lead horse over the third last, and you know back onto the main course. And then, uh, you know, so I was under no pressure for, you know, for two, you know, two or three furlongs, and I could just sit in him and let them come to me and push me along from from the back of the last. And it was, I believe that that was AP's last Grand National as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And there, there, there was never a second in your mind to uh, to come and let him do you on the line, no. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I can think of a, I can think of a lot of reasons not to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, obviously, on, on the topic of uh, of nationals, and uh, obviously that's that, that's very much our focal point. Um, you've both won a Welsh national. I think Leighton, you've won two, and Charlie, you won a Welsh national yourself as well, didn't you? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of my better days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the better days, um, we've uh, I alluded to just while we lost you there, Leighton, about how we spoke to Tom Scudamore and his kind of chance on on cloth cap. Um, next week uh, but there's obviously uh, another jockey who's won a Welsh national who's who's chasing that English success which would surely just be the the cherry on top of the cake and that's Richard Johnson uh, we, we spoke to Richard Johnson again another another Q&A coming live to to angel.co.uk uh, next week it would be fantastic to see him you know get that elusive victory wouldn't it yeah it would um, you know he's been a, like AP before he's been a, a wonderful ambassador for the sport Um and he gives everything on every ride on every day. He really does. Um, uh, it would be. Uh, um, he was actually. He was. He was. Yeah, he was second to Balthazar King. Was second to 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 Peanut Array. I think. What's up, boys? He, I think. I think he's the second few times, Richard. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. 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 
Uh, Charlie, yeah, again, like I said, it, it would be a fantastic story, wouldn't it, for, for Richard Johnson to, to win the national, having you know won the, the Gold Cup on, on two occasions, champion hurdle, win stays, hurdles, champion chases. It's, it's just the, the final you know missing piece of the puzzle, it feels. Yeah, without doubt. I mean, there, there's very few people in this sport that, that no one would have a bad word to say about. And, and considering his success, that's, that's even more meteoric. And Richard Johnson definitely is that. And, and there were, like I say, I think everyone would be absolutely over the moon if he could go and, and get it done. And uh, and yeah, I mean, like I say, the, the, for, for me, I, I'd, I'd certainly be delighted for him if he managed to win a national because he, as Leighton has said, he, he was, he's been the most brilliant ambassador for the sport. And, and for a, as an example to any young athlete that wants to, you know, be the best at what they do, doing the things that Richard Johnson's done throughout his career isn't a bad place to start, you know. Absolutely right. Um I know you are a cloth cap fan, Charlie. That'd be fair to say. Well, I mean, look, as in, I don't mean I need to be any sort of tipster or, or form student to kind of like flag that up. But he's, I think, he's fourteen pounds well in. Mm. He's been trained by a, a he's trained by a, a guy who's a master of plodding horses out for handicap. After his after his lab books trophy win, they've they've waited until the weights have come out to protect his mark and. and and he he looks a very good jumper that that that's a straightforward ride and and look Leighton Aspel has know far more about winning the national than me and and what it takes and what sort of horse you're looking for but I would imagine if you ask most jockeys who they'd like to ride cloth cap would be nearly top of the list. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say to you, Leighton. Um, obviously, Trevor Hemmings, you know, someone who, who, who you, you rode the the infamous silk for on many clouds back in 2015. Uh, will Will Cloth Cap um, be be your fancy for the race, and would he be the horse that you'd most like to ride? Yeah, I think I think it, you, you'd certainly love to ride him. His performance in the Labrook was, was great. Uh, a real attacking ride, and he jumped brilliantly off a lightweight. It was a real good plan, uh, and it, it came out. And I thought that could be his Gold Cup and National all in one. But his performance at Kelso looks like he's improved again. Um, and as Charlie says, if he's you know going to enter fourteen pound well in, he's, he's, he's certainly he's got to be a, a, a real uh, you know life contender. Is is an improving horse almost heading into a race like that? Is that something of? Would you favour that almost in terms of? I know obviously it sounds a bit daft because Tiger Roll, you know, won won the race two years in a row. But is that almost as important as a horse who's kind of been there and done it and is, is slightly more proven over, you know, the the track and the trip? Um, because they're they're still almost a, a bit of an unknown entity. Well, possibly, especially if he's essentially fourteen pounds well in. Mm. Um, where you know Tiger Roll, he's been there, done it, you know, and we we know. You know, we know what he's capable of, and and, and but also so does the handicapper. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 you'd love to be coming into 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 a race or any sort of handicap like that uh, with that sort of progressive profile. Mm. I just wondered, Leighton, like now, I mean, you you were rode in the national as as the course sort of changed over the how, how, over the last few years, and you know it's become a real quality contest as we discussed mm. with Don when when we lost you. And so the, the the kind of lottery element of it, it, it is it not as significant as it was as in like adapting to the fences. It, I mean they don't take as much jumping as they did, and and so does that mean with a progressive young horse coming into the race that there's less fear of how they're going to handle the trap than possibly there was before? Yeah, when you look back at the older nationals, like you know it was a, 
you know, a lot of the, you see a lot of the same old horses in the results because you know they were good, they were good jumpers. They might be the best race horses, but they were good, solid jumpers. And you know, as the race has changed, it has become a better race. As the course has changed, and the prize money has changed, the, the quality of the, of the race has changed. Um, you know, there's a very good chance that Peter Ray wouldn't have got round it in, in the 1980s. That's for sure, or, or the early 90s. But you know, he, he did, he did when he did. Um, it, and it, it's it's a wonderful race, and you know, the, the quality of the race, and the, you know, the standard. You need to be, like, you need to be in the high one thirties now to get a run. Um, and you don't see the the five hundred to one shots or the one thousand to one shots running around anymore. It's you know, it's a it's a really seriously quality quality race. Yeah, I think um, Secret Reprieve, of course, who won the the Welsh National uh, back back in in January. Of course, it was it was rescheduled, wasn't it, because of the the weather just after Christmas. And I think Charlie, even even he's about maybe ten pound out of the handicap at this current stage or something. So as as late and, and you both rightly say, it, it's like a real real quality contest now, as as opposed to being one that's maybe considered a bit more open. Well, I, I mean, I think Secret Reprieve's rate 144, and I think as it stands right now, he's 50th on the list. So he's yeah. look, he's likely to get in, but he's not guaranteed to get mm. in. And, and to be honest, a horse rate 144 that's won a Welsh National is an incredibly good horse. And the fact that he's not guaranteed to run in the race at this stage kind of tells you everything that you need to know. And, and certainly it backs off what Leighton said, you know. Absolutely right, um, Leighton. I, I just wanted to finish on um, moving just slightly away from uh, from horse racing for a second. I, I did a bit of research, and I'm led to believe that you're an Aston Villa fan. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. And uh, how have you enjoyed the season so far? Because they've, they've done pretty well, haven't they? Yeah, they're a brilliant start. Um, you know, the, and they're suffering from vertigo after about five or six five or six games. Mm. Um, uh, and Grealish, Jack Grealish has been carrying the team. He's been he's been brilliant this year. He really has. As much as I used to say, uh, I, I've said the last few years, I'd love to see him in a top class team. He's been he's just been fantastic for Villa, and he's on the injured list in the last four or five games. And you can see the difference in the performance uh, with Villa. Mm. But hopefully he'd be he'd be in a back pit soon and on the pitch. But um, you know they've they've always been a very Hard-working team with John McGinn. He scored twice for Scotland last night. Um, Ollie Watkins is a, is a very uh, promising young forward. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, there's, there's lots of there's lots of bad days and, and, and good days with them, but um, they're, they're a good fun team to watch to follow. And actually, I think Ollie Murphy he follows him down. I think Dan Skelton is a Villa fan. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, there's always a, a, you know a bit of a bit of banter going around about the team. Absolutely right. Uh, Ollie obviously was on the uh, temporarily on the uh, on the show last week. Charlie, have you you got a football team or is it not really your sport? Or no, no, no. I love my football. I mean, uh, top, top. Charlie's a Charlie's a top footballer too. <laughs> <laughs> not sure about yeah. that. But, uh, Coventry City, unfortunately, Dom. Uh, oh, right. it's been a, yeah, as in, uh, yeah. I don't really remember '87, the cup final. I, was, I wasn't really old enough to remember it. And Two Regis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, some some great names back then, but it's been a it's been a lifetime of pain since. But I mean, Mark Robbins, in fairness, has done a, an unreal job getting us back up into the championship. And the, the issue for Coventry is one, they don't own a ground, and two, they have to sell all their better players. And we we have produced a lot of, of very very good players. That, you know, that are that are playing that James Madison and Callum Smith, Callum Wilson, to name a few. You know, so and but I mean, I have actually been up to the to the Villa with with Ollie the odd time as well, and I, I just love watching good good sport, full stop. Yeah. I actually, I mean, it's lucky 
Jack Grealish is an unbelievable player because his fashion sense isn't up to much. I saw him the other day stand in a track suit that was yeah. like absolutely outrageous. I mean, he should have been arrested for wearing it. It was, it was, it was an absolute shocker. And, I just, no... to, and I just want to catch all of them too and cut his hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, Come on, son. We don't. We, we couldn't have anyone in the weighing room with with with, with a lid like that. Who's who had the the worst haircut in the weighing room? Would you say? Oh, oh crikey! There was never the worst one. Um... It's one of those that everyone's pretty conventional when it comes to haircuts in there, aren't they? There's, there's not yeah. like um, I, I can't really think of like. I mean, outright. I mean, obviously, Chuck used to have like long flowing hair but I mean I, I wouldn't want to say it was the worst haircut in the way no. but uh, it's um yeah it's, it's not something like because there's not a, everyone's sort of fairly conventional and reserved with, with hair yeah, it's, standard it's, haircut, it's, yeah. it's not it's not something it's not where you see people express themselves certainly not within the way <laughs> <don't think. laughs> yeah. well I think everyone's everyone's barnets have, have probably gone slightly uh slightly bad you know yeah, since the lockdown haven't they? we've all been denied a, a, a bit of a trim at the moment haven't we so uh, I thought I'd better throw that one in there we've, we've got to end on a, on a bit of a racing note but uh, it's been fantastic and obviously like you like you, you, you rightly say Charlie um, talking about the, the kind of the football element of being able to go and I think obviously it, it's fantastic that there's now owners back uh, at racetracks and I think it'll be fantastic you know for, for the people's race of course uh, the Grand National at, at Aintree next Saturday um, to, to, to get these owners back you know where they belong and, and, and obviously watching their horses um, you know, do what we love to see them all do. So it's been a, a really, really enjoyable show. Um, Leighton, thank you very much for, for finding the time uh, to come and join us. Uh, I, I can just assume you'll be watching uh, Aintree from your sofa this year? Yep, yep. Uh, I tried to I'll do my best to catch up with the whole meeting, yeah. Absolutely right, and uh, and Charlie yourself. I mean, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll no doubt catch up uh, at, at some point before. I believe we we might get Harry Skelton on next week, so we're just waiting to, uh, to for confirmation. But that would be uh, that would be fantastic, like you say, the uh, the would be champion jockey. Uh, so fingers crossed uh, that all goes to plan. Uh, it's been a yeah, like I said, a fantastic episode, uh, gentlemen. Thank you both very much for your time, uh, and obviously enjoy the rest of your weeks. Cheers, mate. Okay, cheers, well. Yeah.